You are now tuned in to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? The following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Herd and Ten podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fortinsky. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky. You can find me on Twitter at jfortinskynfl. You can also check out any of our dedicated social media accounts instagram facebook twitter just search herd and ten or herd and ten podcast and you will find us there we're posting there daily so if this weekly show isn't enough and you want daily buffalo bills content hit up our social media accounts give us a follow like our posts and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please Please, please give us a five-star review. It will help get our show to more listeners. So let's get right into this episode. This episode is going to be dedicated to talking about something that is really looming, and that's the fifth-year options for both of the Bills' 2018 first-round picks in QB Josh Allen and middle linebacker Tremaine Edmonds. Now the deadline for the Bills to exercise each of those players' fifth-year options would be May 3rd, 2021. So it's quite soon, right? We're just a few weeks away and the Bills are going to have to get something done there. The, The challenge here is the Bills ideally, based on seeing what Brandon Bean had or based on hearing what Brandon Bean had to say regarding this, in his press conference this week was that it's going to cost the Bills a pretty penny to exercise each of those players' fifth-year options. And it's really not an ideal situation. It's not the road that Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills want to take, but it may be the only road at this point in time. So Brandon Bean spoke about it because he said they they know what the fifth-year option cost or what the, what the worth of it is going to be. For Josh Allen, you're looking at $23.1 million. And for Edmonds, you're looking at $12.7 million. Now, there's of course an option where the Bills can get deals done with those players and getting their cap hits to be a bit lower. So Bean specifically was asked, what is the plan? And where does the draft come into play? And is it realistic that you could get these guys locked up to long-term deals? And Bean responded with this. The short answer is we're going to wait until after the draft to figure that out. We've had some discussions, but really that'll be front and center as soon as the draft is done. So Bean made it very clear. Nothing is happening this week. 
Nothing is happening until the NFL draft is complete. Until the Bills have drafted all of their rookie players and figured out where everything is going to fit. And that makes sense. The Bills want to resolve everything else. They want everything else in place before they come to the table and really talk serious numbers with both Allen and Edmonds. To be honest, if you're asking me what should happen, of course, Allen needs to get that huge deal. I don't know if the Bills should be trying to lock up Tremaine Edmonds. I don't believe he's what we thought he was going to be. I don't believe he's a true franchise core piece to the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if he is. Here's what we know. At this point in time, the Bills have a lot of young, talented players and some veteran players. And they don't have much money to spend. They have most spots filled. And they're a really good team and they're a Super Bowl contender. But what happens is when you get to this point, when you've built such a good team and everyone's deals are now coming up, you can't keep everyone. You're going to have to make decisions. Certain guys are going to leave. Certain guys are going to sign deals. Certain guys are going to sign deals and then get cut because they're not part of that core. We know Josh Allen is not only part of the core, he basically is the core. Without Josh Allen, the Bills are nothing. So he's, of course, going to get a big deal. We just don't know when. Hopefully, it is before May 3rd, and they don't have to do the fifth-year option, and they just sign him to a long-term deal. That would be the perfect scenario. It would also mean that the Bills likely were able to get his cap hit down. But when you look at a guy like Tremaine Edmonds, does he belong in that core? Let me ask you. Let me ask the listeners. Do you think Tremaine Edmonds deserves a long-term deal with the Buffalo Bills? Do you think we want him around for years to come? I'll answer because, of course, I can't hear you. I don't think they should. I really don't think they should. I think at this point, I get that the money is tight, but you can't just start throwing long-term deals out to players that don't necessarily deserve it. And I don't think at this point in time, Tremaine Edmonds has done enough to receive a long-term offer from the Bills, let alone like actually get a deal done. I don't think they should even offer him anything. I think you should... Give him the fifth-year option. Exercise that fifth-year option, and we'll see what happens. Because I'm not convinced that he's there yet, and maybe he will be there once his fifth-year is done. And yes, you might argue, well, it's going to cost the team a lot more. That's true. But we really don't know what he is yet. He is still developing. He is still so young. We knew this coming in that he had a long way to go, and he was going to need to develop. And he's gotten better, sort of, at times. You know, overall, I don't know if he's gotten better. He's gotten better at certain things. And he's gaining experience. And he's definitely learning. But when you look overall at his career, I don't think he's better now than he was when he entered the league. As a real leader and middle linebacker for the Bills defense, I don't think he's better than he was. 
So do you pay him big time and keep him around or get him at a slight discount now because he hasn't proven enough? But then what happens if he's a bust and he doesn't get any better? Because if Edmonds doesn't get any better than he is right now, they absolutely should not keep him. Unless he's willing to take a league minimum, which he would never, he's not worth it. Because that's not good enough. What he's done so far is not good enough to be a top middle linebacker in the NFL and to be the Bills' core main linebacker leading the defense. It's not enough. But if he gets better, if the Bills believe that he's going to develop significantly, then yes, of course, you want to sign him now. You don't want to do the fifth-year option because you're giving him more time to get better. But in my opinion, right now, I think you go with the fifth-year option with Edmonds at $12.7 million, which is a lot of money. But it's one season. You do that. And if he gets way better, then it will cost you to keep him. So what? At least you gave yourself the time to really evaluate him and make sure that he's ready to step up and be here for the long term. I don't want to have a guy on a long-term deal if he's not going to get better, if this is as good as he's going to be. If this is as good as Allen's going to be, I'll take it because he's borderline MVP. But Edmonds is nowhere near that. He's not even a top 10 middle linebacker. He's not even a top 15 middle linebacker, in my opinion at least. He's a middling, mediocre middle linebacker right now. He's a guy with incredible talent. Don't get me wrong. He's fast, he's big, he's tough. But I don't think he's there yet. His game has not developed mentally to where it would need to be for him to get a long-term deal. So that's where I'm at with Tremaine Edmonds. Exercise the fifth-year option. Don't bother trying to sign him. I mean, you could offer something really low ball and see how badly he wants to be a part of the Bills. If he wants to stay with the Bills and get way below market value, sure, fine. We can keep him on a few-year deal. Maybe you have an option uh, to get out and, and cut him after a year or two of the deal, fine. But assuming he's not going to take that, and I don't think he would, I really don't think the Bills need to be pursuing him in a long-term deal. I think they need to look at that type of situation way down the road. Now, regarding Allen... If you exercise the fifth-year option, like I said before, it will cost $23.1 million. The issue right now is we know the bills are close to the cap. They're basically right up against the cap. And Bean made it clear that he wants to get something done. Now, he'll figure it out when the draft is over. That obviously doesn't leave him with a lot of time. And we'll have to see what happens. I mean, I really don't know if they're just going to exercise it and then still give him a deal. I don't know exactly what the plan is at this point in time. But I know that every day that goes by, Allen's numbers are going up. Dak Prescott didn't help the case. He took a ridiculously high deal. And the Cowboys paid probably way too much. But it only pushes Allen's numbers up. Now, Bean did speak about that He's been in talks with Allen and his management. And they want to extend Allen. But that there's a lot of other things that need to happen before that. And they're not necessarily in a rush. Now, I don't know if that's marketing jargon or if that's really being trying to play off Allen like the Bills are not in a rush. 
But I think that they should be in a bit of a rush because I really do think that number keeps going up. And I really think the Bills should try to aim to lock him in now. Because next season, it's probably going to be higher. And the season after that, like it's only going to get higher. If they can avoid exercising his option and just locking him in ASAP after the deal, that would be the perfect scenario. And I think it would let me breathe. And I'm sure it would let all of you have a sigh of relief that we have Josh Allen for the long term. Because yes, they're saying they're going to keep him. They're going to keep him. But what if things get crazy and they just can't come to a deal and we lose Josh Allen. That would be devastating. It would be the worst thing ever. And I just want things handled. If they have to pay a little extra now, or if they have to pay a few more years now, just get it done. That's my opinion. So I will leave it at that. Tremaine Edmonds, leave him. Exercise his fifth-year option and then don't bother. With Josh Allen, try to sign him to a long-term deal before or exercise his fifth-year option and still lock him into a long-term deal. But Edmonds, I really don't think they need to do that. So we're going to take a quick break right now, and then when we get back, we're going to be talking to Dave Fields. He's a radio host for 106.5 WYRK. He's on the radio every single day. He's got a great attitude and he loves the bill. So really looking forward to chatting to him. So we will see you on the other side of this commercial break. Thanks. It's the gift-giving season, and now there's a great card game that gives you action on any televised football game you watch. Just add your family, friends, and fun, and you have The Drive. Playthedrive.com. If you miss The Drive, you miss the party. Playthedrive.com. Hey, Bills Mafia, this has been a crazy year with a lot of changes. Good changes, like the Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East. But this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans. If you are a big sports fan like me, then you need to join this new sports fan community called Playing the Field. Playing the Field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle. It is a great sports-focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubblegum in-app currency. The best part is that right now, while they're still in beta, it is 100% free to join. And you also get extra in-app bubblegum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in a few months. Go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up, recruit teammates, or find your MVP. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, The Fan Experience, where they interview sports fans just like you and me and let them share their fan experiences. The Fan Experience is live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can't have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. 
Welcome back to the Herd in 10 podcast. As we mentioned earlier on the show, we have Dave Fields with us today. Dave is a radio host for 106.5 WYRK. Dave, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your content? Yeah, anytime uh, on the radio, I'm on Monday through Fridays from 3 to 7. Uh, you can tune in. Uh, you can go to WYRK.com, or if you want, you can uh, download our app, free app, WYRK, right to your smartphone. You can listen in that way, and that's how you interact. You know, with uh, COVID-19 and everything, I've actually been working from home, so I do a lot of my interactions now through uh, the website and the, and the app. Or you can also hit me up on Facebook. Just look for Dave Bluefields and uh, friend me, and then we can chat that way. It's definitely changed things, right? With with this new COVID world, I feel like, yes, we're working from home now, and that's, of course, changed that. But maybe we're going to be working from home, at least partially, for the rest of our lives. I don't know about you, but I don't think it's that bad. No, I mean, I've actually gotten to a routine working from home. It's, it's been pretty nice where I can uh, do my stuff and still hang out with my kid every once in a while. Don't have to drive in the studio. I've saved a lot in gas the last uh, couple of months, so it, it's been nice to work from home. But, it, you know, it's fun to see other people's, like, what their house looks like. You know, when they did the draft last year, we got a sneak peek at some of the houses the GMs were in. I'm like, man, I got in the wrong business. I should have been a GM. They got some nice houses out there. It's so true. It, it almost gave a nice personal aspect to the draft that we've never gotten, right? It's always a big promotion, and, and there's, there's fans, and you have a stadium and lights, and it's kind of nice to see that just down to earth guys at their houses, whether it's GMs or players, seeing them with their family sitting on the couch waiting for the call. It, it, it was actually really nice. There were parts of it that I think they could maybe include in the future or some sort of way to get fans a little more engaged, but I actually really liked it. And I like that you bring that up because we can just jump straight into it. The Bills are at the number 30 pick. So we know at this point in time, they're not going to get one of the top players, but they have a shot to get still a day one starter in certain positions. In my opinion, at this point in time, the position that's most likely to have someone at a real high caliber would be cornerback, especially because the Bills have had a good history in drafting cornerbacks. Now, we haven't seen that same luck when it comes to defensive end and sometimes with linebacker and, of course, running backs, although we haven't drafted in the first round in quite some time. But I want to get your take on whether or not the Bills should be looking at a cornerback and if you think that that would make sense and would that give the Bills another starting cornerback? Because right now, I would argue they don't really have a top corner opposite Tredavious White and it feels like they need one and given their track record and their success in drafting a cornerback to me it makes sense does it make sense to you Dave it does I'm just worried that there won't be a top guy at 30 I mean you look at what the Bills defense had last year and yeah obviously White's a shutdown corner but we had some leakage on the other side and you know Wallace is a good pickup late rounds but he is not to me a number two cornerback he's a good nickel he's a good fill-in guy when you go nickel dime package um you know you got the kid out of virginia tech farley it would be a good pickup but i don't know i, I think a lot of uh, after the quarterbacks are gone the first one through five one through four picks uh defense is going to be pretty hit pretty heavy and i don't know if one of those top tier cornerbacks will be there for the build at 30 
uh, I kind of have like a sleeper pick I wanted to throw at you and maybe get your take on it. Uh, I was actually thinking about some help on the interior line. Obviously, uh, Star opted out last year. We saw the uh, Bills get gashed on the running plays throughout the entire regular season and throughout the playoffs, too. There's a kid out of Alabama, uh, Christian Barmore, uh, a defensive lineman. Now, he may not be a day one name that you're going to know off the top of your head, maybe a, a day two, round two or three pick. Uh, but if you can get him at 30, and I look at the reason why I like him at 30 is because of the coaching at Alabama. I mean, to me, Alabama SEC teams are like NFL light when it comes to coaching. So this kid's been coached up his entire college career. He's had Nick Saban. He's had those professional coaches on that side. I think he could step in right next to Ed Oliver, provide some help on the interior. And I think that's a draftable guy that you can get at 30. I would love to see they get a cornerback. I think there's definitely need and help that has to come that way on the defensive side. But if you could pick up a kid like that Barmore kid from Alabama, I think that might be a good pick that people are not thinking about and we could slide him in and get a lot of uses out of him over the next couple of years. Yeah. I like that you bring him up, just pulling some stuff up on him. Obviously. Yeah. Coming from Alabama, you know, he's going to be NFL ready. What's interesting. Just looking at his stats here, he made a lot of tackles and sacks for someone playing the interior. And that's impressive, especially on Alabama, where they're constantly rotating the line. So, yeah, I mean, if he falls to number 30, which is certainly possible, I don't know if it's likely, but it's definitely possible. I know they have him going somewhere in that 20 to 30 range. So maybe he falls to the Bills. The question becomes, is that going to be an impact player for the Bills? Now, of course, the Bills have had some struggles on the defensive line. And we know they need to improve it. But do you spend a first-round pick to improve it? I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, I think you look at that and you look at, yes, may not get the immediate impact in the 2021 season. And you don't really need him to step right up next to Ed Oliver. But I think you look at him, Barmore, and Oliver two, three years down the line. These guys start working together. They get to know each other. They start growing as teammates together then all of a sudden you look at that line you have these two guys that have been playing three four years together right there smack in the middle and you know this has to be a a breakout year for ed oliver so if he can get some help bring this kid in bring a little competition i mean i think barmer's only a sophomore so he's still a young guy you can pop him in you got uh, edmonds behind them these three in the middle could be wreck havoc on the afc for a long time if it works out and what i like about the suggestion is that you get a guy who, like you said, maybe he doesn't make the impact right away and maybe he doesn't have to because the goal really for the Bills is, of course, they want to make the Super Bowl, they want to win now, and but they do have basically a good enough team to win now. So you're adding a player who you know can then stay around for a long time and make this defense better for the next three, four, five years. So in that sense, yeah, Barmore could be a great option, especially considering... The Bills often are able to bring in veteran cornerbacks. And maybe that's what they're going to do again. Maybe that's how they're going to solve it. Maybe they're going to have almost like a platoon next to Tredavious White handling the other side of the field. Because like you said, it was leaky on that side. There's no question Levi Wallace is not good enough to be a starter, almost all snaps, and and start next to Trey White. We need someone else. Now, Norman maybe wasn't the right fit. But there's lots of other guys out there, not to mention 
the Bills could draft a corner in the second or third round who may not be a guy who's going to start over Wallace, but can play with Wallace and they can do it together, like I said, in a platoon. So that's also an option. I like that you bring up Barmore because it's a completely different option, but it still focuses on the defense, which we know is probably where the Bills are going to get their most value, at least in the first round. I want to just ask you, if a guy like Barmore, let's say, was around at 23, 24, 25, do the Bills try to trade up just to get a guy like that? Like, where are you at? How much do you like him? Is it worth sacrificing other picks to get him? Is he that crucial? See, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think if you can get him at 30, you get a bargain. Uh, unless you move up to like 23 or 24, maybe you give up a fifth round or a sixth round pick. But I mean, I wouldn't want to give up too much for him because I think, I mean, this year, in my opinion, the defensive line class is kind of a week this year. So I think after he goes, there's not much behind him. But like you mentioned, we're not really starved for an immediate impact player that needs to happen if we're going to make it back to the, the playoffs, to the championship game next year. So I would hate to mortgage a third or fourth rounder on top of that 30th pick to move up four or five spaces to grab them. I think there's enough depth and I think there's enough other options where the bills, instead of looking to fill that gap, they're looking for a person behind the starter or someone that could, you know, platoon. I think there's some other options too, that you could get at 30. You can still get a value without having to trade up and give away a couple extra draft picks or even a player to get far more over at 23 or 24, 25. Yeah, I mean, it's so different being at the end of the first round. As a Bills fan, I have not seen this pretty much ever. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen it in my lifetime. And it's it's a good problem to have, right? It's nice that we're debating about, do they take a defensive lineman? Do they take a cornerback? We're not talking about players that are going to turn around the entire organization because we have those players in-house already. We're just trying to look at those complementary pieces to take us just a little further so we can handle a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this takes me to my next topic, which isn't necessarily draft-related, but it maybe could be, and that comes with Jake Fromm because Bills drafted Jake Fromm in the fifth round, didn't get to really play last season. Of course, there was no preseason. He was used as an almost last option, last resort option if COVID struck all the quarterbacks on the Bills. He was available, so they did protect him. So we didn't get to practice a lot, and we really don't know what we have in him. But that also means no one else knows what we have in him. So is it worth moving on from a guy like Jake Fromm just based on that the media seems to love Davis Webb? They love him as the third quarterback playing in practice squad scout teams, and maybe then there's no spot for Jake Fromm. Or do you hold on to a guy like Jake Fromm with the hopes that maybe he can actually become your backup? Because realistically, I don't think Davis Webb is going to be our backup. And we know Mitchell Trubisky is not going to be with the Bills for the long term. So you're going to have to have another option. Is it Jake Fromm, who, of course, would be cheap and young, and you could develop him and turn him into the type of backup you need? So does it make sense to keep him? Do you try to look to move him? Maybe you move him after the preseason if he has an impressive preseason. Where are your thoughts with Jake Fromm? I will say, uh, before I moved back back to Buffalo, uh, I lived for several years down in Florida. Uh, so I saw a lot of SEC football, a lot of Alabama, a lot of Georgia. 
And he, he is a quality player. I mean, as a fifth round draft pick by the bills, I was blown away that he dropped that far down. And I was kind of shocked that he didn't, you know, get ahead of Matt Barkley last year. Again, Barkley was more of a, a quarterback and a coach at the time. Uh, I think right now, if you're looking in the future, like you mentioned, cheap, we're going to be hitting some contracts coming up, especially with the renewal of uh, Josh Allen coming up uh, this year. Uh, you're going to see some of the other players too, that they're going to have to start renewing Tremaine Edmonds. They're going to have to Oliver in a couple of years. Uh, if you can keep from around, maybe get him some playing time in the preseason. Maybe you move off of Trubinsky after the second or third preseason game. You, you, you give him a couple of plays, quarterbacks go down, you trade them, you get some uh, draft capital back from him and you have Jake Fromm in your pocket. I would keep Fromm around over the next couple of years. Like you said, he's cheap. Uh, from what I've seen him play in college, he has a gun. He kind of plays like Josh Allen. He can read defenses. And again, I think that's a player that has already a year under his belt, under the system. Uh, obviously he wasn't in the, in the room with the quarterbacks. He wasn't on the field because of COVID restrictions. So he'll see how he interacts with Josh Allen in that, in that quarterback room this year. But I think he has a chance to be a solid backup. And I think he has a chance to be a guy that you're comfortable with. If something does happen to Josh Allen, because again, Josh Allen plays a very aggressive style. Chances are he's not going to be able to play every game, 16 games over the next couple of years. If he keeps running, taking hits. So you want a guy you feel comfortable with in that system. And I think, to me, in my opinion, Jake Fromm uh, over Davis any day of the week, just from what I know from their college careers. And I think uh, I think Fromm should be around in Buffalo for at least another two, three years to see how he develops. We often take for granted the backup quarterback position. I think a lot of people are so focused on a player like Josh Allen, and they forget that it matters who's behind him. And I kind of like that plan that maybe you move on from Trubisky, right? They, they talked about this at the beginning, that it wasn't going to be a long-term plan and that maybe you flip him for some draft capital during preseason. And of course, if you do that, you're going to need someone to step up and you hope that it's Jake Fromm. Now, I like that you talk about Jake Fromm and what he did in college because that's really why the Bills drafted him because the key with him and the, and the main thing that analysts spoke about was his ability to play football and play it well and really understand defenses. He's not an absolutely skilled player. He doesn't have great speed. He doesn't have a huge arm, but he's good at all those things. And he really understands the game of football well. And that translates or will hopefully translate to NFL football. Now, I guess we're going to see if we're going to get to see more of him or if they're going to move on from him before. I'm definitely on the same side as you. I think they should keep from because I think that he's a guy that can stay here for a long time and be cheap because that's really the most important thing here is value and cheap salaries. The bills are going to need to do that. You talked about it. They have a lot of guys coming up and they're going to be getting big contracts and you're going to have to have other guys around that are not making a lot of money and that, maybe in some cases are undervalued and that's okay. You look at a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. I think he's undervalued. You need to have guys like that because otherwise you're not going to be able to fill out your roster with quality talent. You're going to end up with a huge drop off. And I feel like when you talk about Jake Fromm already now entering his second year, he might actually be able to help us if something should happen and Josh Allen goes down, you can have Jake Fromm jump in and play a few games and hang in there. And yeah, he might not be Mitch Trubisky,
but he's on a rookie contract and you spent a fifth round pick for him. So it would be incredible value if you could keep him and then still have Davis Webb on the practice squad. If really all else fails, he can step up. So that takes me to my final point here. And that is really, I want to focus here on some of the other teams in the AFC East because the Bills, of course, are at pick 30, but the rest of the teams in the AFC East are significantly higher up in the draft, specifically the New York Jets. Do the Bills need to be concerned at all, or are you concerned at all about the Jets landing a top quarterback like maybe Zach Wilson and him coming in and being amazing right off the bat and really putting pressure on the Bills in any way? Or do you feel like even with a good draft, the Jets are just so far away? Well, I think right now I'm not worried about what the Jets are doing for this season coming up. Uh, they got a new head coach. They're going to have a rookie quarterback. They're going to have a new offensive coordinator. So it's going to take time for all that to gel. We're not going to be back 100% with training camp and all that because of COVID-19. I will be worried about them if they get a good draft in two, three, four years when they start gelling, when maybe uh, Sal is there for a couple of years, they kind of get all the quirks worked out and they're kind of firing all four cylinders. I mean, you look what happened here in Buffalo. It took two or three years to kind of get everything set in place. Uh, you know, Allen made a huge leap from year two to year three. So with the right coaching, if you see one of those top quarterbacks taken by the, the Jets, which I honestly, between you and me, I think they're going to draft uh, Justin Fields. To me, he is, has the highest ceiling out of any of the quarterbacks besides um, Lawrence. And I think they, it's a big mistake if they don't because he can play in that, in that New Jersey uh, weather and he has that big arm. And he, to me, is almost a mirror image of Josh Allen. If you can get the right coaching, you get a big guy like that. He's physical. He has a big arm. He's played in big games at Ohio State. They do pick him up. I'm not worried about this year. I think the, I think the Bills still go back to the AFC Championship this year. It's going to be year two and three down the line where I'm a little bit worried because now they're starting to gel. Now we're starting to see the cap effect us, maybe losing some key players. And all of a sudden, you're looking at this team that still has a quarterback on a rookie contract, has uh, been gelling. So that's my concern with the Jets, especially with the way they're drafting as high as they are and going with a franchise quarterback possibly. Like I said, I think they're going to go with Fields, if anything. I know a lot of people talking about, you know, pulling the guy from BYU, but I don't know how you go from Utah to New York City and that whole change of lifestyle and the change of just around you without crumbling. I, I hope they do take him because I think that'd be better for Buffalo than anything. I love that you bring that up. I'm on the exact same page. I'm honestly shocked that Justin Fields has fallen in the ranks. The last rank I saw this just this morning on NFL Network, they're talking about Justin Fields going eighth, ninth, 10th overall. It Crazy. doesn't make any sense to me. The guy is loaded with talent. He's big, he's fast, and like you said, he's done it on the big stage. He is ready for the NFL. And okay, he's not Trevor Lawrence, but in my opinion, he's the next guy up. So yeah, I would be thrilled if the Jets go ahead and take Zach Wilson. Not that Zach Wilson might not be good. He may be a good quarterback, but I'm not worried that he's going to be a superstar. Justin Fields, I think he could be a superstar and I would not want the Jets to be landing him. I wouldn't want the Dolphins to be landing him. I wouldn't want the Patriots to be landing him. But like you said, I am a little surprised at this point that Fields isn't the go-to guy for the Jets. But 
maybe maybe the analysts have it wrong and maybe the Jets are interested in fields. It just seems like there's so much media attention around Zach Wilson, who, yeah, like you said, he's coming out of a small school, has played small competition, although Josh Allen did as well, and he's proven True, us yeah. all wrong. So I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I do think that, yeah, we, we, we probably need to be more worried about the Jets down the road, but more specifically, if they land a guy of Justin Fields caliber, not necessarily Zach Wilson's. Dave, look, I appreciate you coming on. I'm thrilled that you brought up some really key names today. Talking about Barmore, brought up a few different positions that the Bills need to consider. And with the draft right around the corner, it's nice that we're getting to throw out different names and that we really have no idea who the Bills are going to go after. Because there's a few positions they need, but there's nothing that they absolutely can't live without. So that's what makes this interesting. It's not like we know they need a quarterback desperately or we know they need a running back or a cornerback. There's so many positions that they could or would like to have, but I don't think any of them are an absolute immediate need. So Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Definitely want to have you on again because it's great having a diehard Bills fan on. Oh yeah. Ever since I've been born, been doing it through the eighties when they were two and 14, been there for the, uh, the run in the nineties to the super bowls, been there in the two thousands where they didn't win anything. And now we're back to super bowls, hopefully. So yeah, love to come back on. It's always fun talking Buffalo bills football, man. What a time to be a Buffalo bills fan. Hey, it's Joel Williamson, host of That Nerd Dad Podcast. Look, finding time for yourself is an important part of parenting. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves for our kids. So tune in every week to talk about parenting, pop culture, and politics. Whether you're an exhausted parent looking for a laugh or a stoned teenager who clicked on this by mistake, this is the podcast for you. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google, the Dean Blundell Network, or at thatnerddad.ca. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.